Welcome to part two of the Place of Dance, Making. Day nine is all about improvising. Let's take a look at some key concepts. Improvising can be experienced on a continuum from moving spontaneously to the advanced practice of composing while dancing. Improvisation and choreography have the same challenge, embodied awareness. Through physical and compositional explorations that focus overtly on time, space, and dynamics, the dancer, or we can say the mover, creates freshly in every moment, staying present to what unfolds. Improvising presumes dancing is a thinking process. You are committing to creating the dance, staying honest, not dodging the contradictions, expanding to include complicated truths, holding uncertainty. Attention is central here. There is no preset script. Decision-making is immediate. Some improvisers create scores or guidelines with fixed parameters, such as the duration or number of dancers, which become the identifying landmarks around which something new occurs each time. Others prefer an open score, expanding the field of investigation, and even the use of verbal cues, which can be very potent. Experiencing different forms of improvisation introduces distinct flavors and tastes as well. You access each improvisational discipline through a slightly different place in yourself, with its own location, its own characteristics, and its own requirements. Certainly these change depending upon whether you're dancing or moving by yourself, with a partner, or in a group. Some forms of improvisation train the memory. You learn to remember what has gone before in the dancing as you make choices about how you might engage in the present. Of course, improvisation can also be viewed quite the opposite, as a freedom from the tyranny of remembering letting the conscious mind take a backseat to intuitive ways of discerning and inhabiting the moment. In the discipline of authentic movement, you close your eyes and move while being moved, listening to what the body initiates rather than to what you want to have happen in the presence of a witness. When the session finishes, the practice involves the opportunity for you to reflect verbally on how your body guided your movement choices, grouping your movement memories from a conscious state. Eventually, you develop this inner witness that supports both depth and clarity in the process of improvising while dancing. I think this was one of the most key concepts of this section, letting the conscious mind take a backseat to intuitive ways of discerning and inhabiting the movement. 
to move while being moved. So good. Of course, it's important not to hold on to the ideas of improvisational dance too tightly. To explore without preformed judgment of what works or what doesn't work. This way you won't be mortified when something must go in the finished product of your movement. Expect the unexpected. Overall, rules in improvisation are like the banks of a river. They channel the flow, but the river itself is free-flowing. Opening awareness initiates possibilities for choice. Now, we finish this section with a couple other thoughts here. One is the distinction between improv and improvisation. Improv is a term often used by dancers or movers to refer to any unstructured movement exploration. The implication there is casual. For those, however, who develop improvisational skills as a primary mode of performance or dance making, the term improvisation better reflects the whole lineage and history underpinning their practice. Extended experience in any movement form gives access to the deep intelligence of the body. Acknowledging this depth connects you to an underlying current of possibilities, that ongoing flow of the river. You can study dance improvisation as a distinct discipline, as a lifetime practice, or you can simply move anywhere anytime, developing your awareness of dancing as a spacious way to inhabit the natural body with integrity. How lovely is that? We go on to the next section of day nine, which is to do. And the title of this to do work is called freeing the girdles. And the author here is referring to the hip girdle and the shoulder girdle. And as yoga practitioners, we know that the hip region is the home of the mighty psoas. And so she notes that house cleaning or differentiating the joints in these girdles restores ease liberates improvisation in the movement. How good it is to free up those areas, to restore ease to them, to liberate them. That's what this activity is all about. Let's begin with the shoulder girdle. Of course, you can follow along the reading in the book, or you can actually do this in a movement form. Lying on your back, imagine a string on your fingertips, lifting your fingers skyward. Start with the first digits, the tips. Then add the second joints and the third joints of the fingers. Now add the long bones of the hand, 
the metacarpals being extended toward the sky. Then the two layers of the wrist, four bones each. Now feel or imagine the radius on the thumb side of your forearm floating upward. Then the ulna on the little finger side of your forearm drops back toward the ground. Keeping your spine weighted on the floor, continue adding the upper arm bone, the humerus. Now extend the scapula or shoulder blades upward from the back side of your body while your spine remains heavy. Visualize the scapula connecting around through your collarbones, your clavicles, your breastbones or sternum, and your ribs. Now the entire shoulder girdle and ribs are extending upward while the vertebrae of the spine remain heavy. Okay, now reverse the process, releasing the ribs, sternum, clavicles, and scapula one by one back to the earth. Allow the humerus bones, the forearms, and wrists to release. Now the bones of your hand, even they yield to the floor. Finally, repeat the process, reaching upward and combing down, counting through the sevens. Number one, first finger phalanx, phalanx or bone reaches. Number two, second phalanx. Number three, third phalanx. Number four, metacarpals. Number five, wrist layer. Number six, second wrist layer. Number seven, radius. As you reach and release each bone, keep the ulna weighted toward the ground, establishing two directions in the hand and forearm feeling the polarity of reaching up into space and down toward gravity, out toward each other and in toward self. Powerful. Now let's go on to the pelvic girdle. Lying on your back, begin with the toe bones of each foot two in the big toe, and three in each toe. Stretch them upward toward the ceiling. Counting from five to one, bring your attention to the five metatarsals, the long bones of each foot connecting toes toward the ankle. Then feel or imagine the four C's, three cuneiforms, one for each of the first three metatarsals, and one cuboid connecting to the fourth and fifth metatarsals. Notice the three central bones of each ankle, the navicular or the navigator or arch, the talus, the keystone of the ankle, and the calcaneus, the heel. Bring your attention to the two shin bones now, the tibia, big toe side, and the fibula, little toe side. As you continue, travel your awareness to the femur, the long bone of each thigh. 
shaped like a seven so that you can swing the legs forward and backward in walking. Reach with the two pelvic halves, letting the base of the spine, the sacrum, and the coccyx stay rooted to the floor. Finally, again, reverse here, starting with the pelvic halves, then the bones of each leg, one, the femur, two, the fibula and tibia, three, the talus, calcaneus, and avicular, four, the cuboid, and the three cuneiforms, five, the metatarsals, and then articulate the 14 phalanges, returning each of these bones to the floor. What a lovely way to pay attention to and to free the hip and shoulder girdles. Our next portion of day nine is to dance, and it is titled Dance Your Partner. This is an approximately 30 minute exercise. One partner dances while the other partner witnesses. Improvise long enough that you push beyond your comfort zone, maybe five minutes or so. The watcher improvises as if he or she were the first person, reflecting specific movements, qualities, and tone, about five minutes, and the partner witnesses. Now reverse roles. The former watcher now improvises as herself or himself for about five minutes, and the partner witnesses for about five minutes. The witness moves like the partner next. Another five minutes. Now both partners compose a movement phrase. Dancing like your partner, not yourself. Use any movements, spatial connections, and qualities that you can remember about your partner. Make and remember a long enough movement phrase that you have some material to work with. Now put the two phrases together as a duet. You are doing the phrase based on your partner's qualities. Include one movement of touch, one pause, perhaps a lift, and a clear beginning and ending. Finally, show the work to somebody else. Each part in this dancing your partner takes approximately five minutes. But of course, all of the times and suggestions are just that, approximate. You may extend or, or shorten these to whatever time you are feeling led to. Our final exercise in day nine is to write, and it is titled Improvisational Mind and it gives about 20 minutes for this practice. Remember that the last writing assignment in day eight on your dance story, remember what it was about? Well, this one is different. How do you access your best dancing when improvising? Consider your lineage with improvisation, with important influences, and with interdisciplinary connections that affect your improvisational mind. 
write those thoughts out. Then perhaps you discuss the difference between improv and improvisation, if you feel there even is one. While you're writing, explore composing while improvising with language. Maintaining awareness of compositional form while inhabiting your creative edge. Although this may sound like a daunting writing exercise, go back and rest into it. Read back into it slowly. Take one section at a time and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through it. Of course, I encourage you to read all the notes in the sidebars for day nine. I am just going to close with a few on page 69, words as invitations. When we are moving in an improvisational way, remember to just show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't get too attached to the results. Allow yourself to be aware, to be available, and to be responsive. And finally, absorb more of the moment before moving. That reminds me of Psalm 4610, where God says, be still and know that I am your God. Thank you for listening to day nine of the Place of Dance. I invite you to be still, to be aware and absorb more moments before you move into them, but then allow the beautiful Holy Spirit to move you as you are being moved. Peace to you.